0: You Live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. The wait is over. It's opening day, and from downtown Charlotte, North Carolina, at Bank of American Stadium, it is the Browns. And the Carolina Panthers. And what an opening game we have for you this afternoon. From their own 46. He's got the snap. Gives the ball. It goes to Chubb. He's wide open. 45, 40, 35, 30, 29-yard line. He was wide open on the left side. And he's got the snap. Back to pass. Big time pressure coming. And they got him back at the 15-yard line. The pressure came left. It came right. And it was devastating. John Johnson, the third, blew in along with Ronnie Harris and anthony walker out of the shotgun baker waits and takes the snap drops looks throws and again it got hit and tipped and it almost ended up in the hands of grant delpin on the deflection the browns defenders up front they are playing beach volleyball right now with mayfield and they are winning on spikes
2: karch karai spiking it down there for the cleveland (laughs) browns
1: percent from the one yard line motion by bryant down the line left to right Bursette calling signals, turns, play, action, fake. He's got a man wide open, Hunt tumbles, he's got it! Touchdown! Mayfield looks, fires, middle, and that is picked off! Delpit's got it at the 40-yard line of Carolina! Gives the ball, and Hunt blasts through! 15, 10, corner, 5, touchdown! He's got two of them! Kareem Hunt, one by air, one by land, and the Browns lead 13! On second down, Mayfield out of a shotgun, takes the snap, drops, looks, right side, oh, he got buried! Miles Garrett buried him back at the 26-yard line. Man, even I cringed watching that. The Browns will have it at their own 25-yard line to begin things in an unbelievable situation, a game they had under control pretty much the entire afternoon. And now they find themselves down one with a minute 13 left to go, and no timeouts. They're going to spot it at the 48. It's a 58-yard field goal attempt by the rookie from LSU. Cade York trying to win the game for the Browns. 13 seconds remaining. He lines it up. for Jorquez with his knee on the ground at the 48. Hewlett over the ball. Snap back. He's into it. Line drive, end over end, the kick is up, and it is, and yeah. it is good! Can you get the field goal from 58 yards out with eight seconds left to go in the ball game!
0: Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura.
3: Oh, it's a fun Victory Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily as we do it live. Merely Bo and the great Z, who you heard on the call of a thrilling, good Lord, did we have to have it,
2: 26-24 win over Carolina. You decompressed yet, my friend? Yeah, we're hot. A little hot. I'm good. Yeah. I can't even hear anything out of my ears. But who cares? Who needs to hear? I saw it with my own eyes. The Cleveland Browns find a way to get it done for the first time since 2004 on opening day and the best thing and, you know, talk to a lot of people in this building and they will tell you, you know, yeah, we won. There's a lot we got to clean up. There's nothing better than cleaning things up after a win as opposed to cleaning them up after a, a heartbreaking loss. So this was an unbelievable moment, an unbelievable kick by Cade York for 47 out of 50 plays in just an insane defensive performance we'll talk about the three later Mm -hmm. on but you did enough to win and while this offense could have done a lot more you still scored 26 points Mm -hmm. and I go back to remind people had we done that consistently last year we win the AFC North and so Mm -hmm. there's plenty of room for improvement there but a huge win and it just gives everybody a week I think to relax it's a different feel obviously than it would have been
3: I think it's the beauty of football in, in, the, in this sense. If you go back a year ago to today and you were to poll our fan base, and the, the simple question on the poll is this. Have you ever heard of Cade York? My guess is that the overwhelming vote, other than people who are Baton Rouge natives or LSU fans or who watch a lot of Southeastern Conference football, and there probably aren't a whole lot of those in Northeast Ohio, the overwhelming response would be no we do not one year later right he stands over a 50 flipping 8 yard kick with i was as he's lining up i teased last week at the end of the show like if we lose i'm not doing the show today yeah like i literally told i'm sitting there with the boys and i'm going i'm on the i'm you're on the edge of your seat you're going my god if there is one find the middle of these uprights because this would have been a brutal show if oh there was no oh fun God. and no. no joy at all and having seen him kick so often in camp and seen him and, and paid attention at training camp and watched the trajectory of his ball flight it was interesting because as soon as he kicked it uh, my wife and boys were like oh no because it started out way right and I went I said he's got it I soon as soon I knew it was coming back because they all do That is the trajectory of his ball flight. And so having seen him in camp do that, and then to watch it play out, I don't understand how you can't love the sport. My God, the unpredictability of it. Every game doesn't really matter, but it sure as hell feels like it does. And that one mattered bigly, not just in the overall grand scheme of things uh, for this organization, but in the immediate plans of how do we find a way to hand this thing to Deshaun Watson in week 12, with a a shot at everything that matters. This was a must-win. We can downplay it or you try to some last week. No, no. You could not lose this game. Not the way you played it, not the way you dominated him defensively. To your point, three plays blown, we'll get into that in a second. Other than that, you were flawless. Miles was unbelievable. Nick Chubb was unbelievable. Kareem Hunt was unbelievable. You did everything that you wanted to. And if you were to lose that game, I think the psychological damage on that would have been just crippling and a rookie, oh, my God. And a rookie from LSU who nobody a year ago had ever heard of calmly stood over a 58-yard kick and said, I got this. Got and you. We're good.
2: It, it was a bit of good for 68. So when we got the ball back, minute and 13 seconds left, no timeouts. And, I, you know, we got a little bit of help. Brian Burns, I don't know what more you're supposed to do as a pass rusher, but these are the rules. Taven, Brian, I would have said the same thing on the roughing the passer called on him was absolutely wild. But this was a team that clutched up, Cade York clutched up, and so did the man joining us on the phone right now, Donovan Peoples-Jones, your leading receiver, six catches, 60 yards. And I would say all of them were big, including a monster catch on a second down play on that final drive that set up the pass to Cooper that set up Cade York, and he joins us now. DPJ, congrats on the win. Congrats on the performance. How you doing, brother? Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. I'm doing good. How are you?
3: A lot better. <laughs> a lot better, Donovan. I uh, I started the, we were talking a little bit about Cade York, and I said, you know, if, I think if you if you polled our fans, had, had they ever heard of Cade York a year ago at this time, the overwhelming answer would have been no. I mean, what confidence did you have in him from 58 with a win or a loss on the line? What was going through your mind as the rookie lined up? Well, you know, he does it in practice. He knocks him down
4: in practice, so, um, you know, you know we're confident in all our players when when put up against a situation like that and you know in, in those type of situations you know you, you just hope he makes it and he kicked it and it you know it looked good and it looked like it was going in and then it went in and you know so the whole sideline just lit up
2: <laughs> it was pure joy what was kind of the discussion what was the target that you guys as an offense wanted to get to. In the booth with Jim, we were saying, get it to the 42, he can kick it from the logo. I saw him do it in, in warm ups, which would be 60, you guys got to the 40, but what was the goal that you had set out to, at least at a minimum, get to before you set up that field goal? Uh,
4: you know, we want to get to the 30s to, to give him, you know, enough space to be able to feel like he can, he can hit it, but, you know, he, He he hits them, and, you know, he does his thing well. And so, you know, he he just, like, you know, get us down to however close we can, and, you know, he did the rest, and um, we appreciate that.
3: We do too, Donovan Peoples-Jones, my friend. I'll tell you what, it was – you guys knew what was going into that. Take me inside the huddle at the start of that last drive with Jacoby Brissett. I'm sure in the past game you felt like you guys maybe left some plays out on the field heading into that last series, but you didn't on that one. You made a clutch grab, obviously, on it. You were able to march the field down. Take me into the huddle a little bit. What was Jacoby like in the huddle? What was the confidence like in the huddle that you could get to where you wanted to get to? Almost got there, got to the 40. Uh, wanted to get to 30, as you mentioned. What what was it going, what was being said in the huddle? What was the, the feeling like in the huddle? Yeah, well,
4: you know, he, he, he was gonna, he told us he was gonna lead us down there. And, uh, you know, we all
3: had to do our part. We all had to
4: finish. We all had to play our role in that drive, uh, make the plays when they came to us. And, you know, that's what we did.
2: All right, I want to go back to our first scoring drive because I thought these were the plays that really kind of opened everything up for us. Or is our second scoring drive? I'm sorry. We get back behind the chains. You get a big catch on second down, and then you make an unbelievable grab on third down. And that kind of got, did you feel like that kind of got some momentum going for this offense to get you guys in position? And then all of a sudden you reel off touchdown, touchdown, and it's 14 nothing.
4: We had a you know collective effort from all of our guys that pulled 11 on those drives on all of the touchdown drives. Um, like I said, you know each individually doing our part. Um, great play calls, you know, get us open to put us in great positions to make great plays. And, you know, great throws that you know, only only I could get to.
2: When was the last time you ran 80 plays in a game? And Michigan, maybe.
4: Uh, Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's
2: that's a lot of offensive plays in the NFL, and play 72 is the one which I think will, a lot of people will remember, you make a catch there. Kareem does a great job picking up a blitz. Jacoby's about to get hit by an unblocked nickel blitzer from the back. He throws a strike to you, and you catch it with a guy right on your back. How, what is kind of your mentality, and how have you become so good in those money situations, in contested catch situations? How have you been able to make those plays consistently, and you've done it all three years in your career?
4: already really just trust in my quarterback, trust the play call, trust that, you know, have to run a route that, that is that is hard. I have to run it. How I've been running it a whole week in practice. Um, trust that the ball is going to be where it needs to be, and trust you know in my ability that I can go attack the ball and and make those great catches.
3: Yeah, and it certainly was, my friend. You know, it's been a long time since we've started a season one and zero around here, and obviously you haven't been here for all of that. But just what does it mean to start a season not having to chase right away to be one and zero to? Have a victory Monday to prepare for a Week Two, uh, knowing that you already have one in the right side or the of the ledger with the victory.
4: It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling to go in on the road, um, Week One, fairly. You know, a lot of a new guys to this team this year, so um, that was our first. You know, kind of big test in a real game situation, and we were, were away. So, um, it, you know, it really feels good to, to come out of there with a the win and. Um, on to
2: next week now. What was kind of the message today? You guys got to come in, and and I know it has got to be much sweeter to adjust, you know, make adjustments and and grow from a win than it is certainly after a loss where you'd be lamenting, you know, what held you back. But what's kind of the mentality for this football team? What did you guys see on tape, and and what's the direction getting ready for the Jets?
4: Just continue to improve, continue to um, strengthen, our strengths and strengthen and our weaknesses. Continuous improvement every day, day in, day out, each week. So that's pretty
3: much what we're focused on. Donovan, congratulations on the victory! Thanks for being clutch, buddy. We appreciate you a great deal. Thanks for your time. Enjoy your victory, Monday.
4: Yes, sir. Thank you. all.
3: My guy, let's go, Donovan Peoples Jones. Clutch in that game. Uh, yeah, it's it's a. The weight, it felt like the weight, and you and I were talking after you landed yesterday about, it wasn't just the 58-yarder. Like, Cade stood over that one to make it 23 for a long time, and I'm like, that one made me nervous. Like, just standing over that thing in position
2: to kick, waiting for what felt like, I suppose it was like 15 seconds. It felt like a minute It was minute more and a half. than that. It was about, yeah, it was about 20 seconds. Jeez. But I was just thinking to myself, you know, uh, trying to make a putt that I really wanted to yeah. make, even if it was an easy one, and relatively speaking, for Cade York, that was an easy field goal. It just gives you – I was was talking with one of the members of the front office, and I said, you know, if I was – I kind of made that analogy. And I go, it's just human nature that something bad is going to pop into your mind in that much time. Like, all right, make sure you don't do this instead Mm -hmm. of make sure you do do this. And for him to be able to hit that one I thought was incredible. And I'll tell you what, and and I don't know if he talked about it much in his post, but he didn't have the best warm-up. And I wonder if that's why early in the game we decided not to try a couple of those long field goals that were certainly that's well within his range. He had missed He a, mentioned
3: that post game, but he, he, he really did mention did, it. He, yeah. yeah. He
2: had a couple he missed like two in a row right and then tried to make a correction with the swing, missed like two in a row left, and it was just uh, mm-hmm. and then obviously in the game he settled down and, and got into his process and was clutch but I wonder if that played a role early because our first three drives all ended up in their territory and we yeah. did not score any points nor did we attempt any field goals even though we probably could have and you know those are the drives there was a play to Amari Cooper a play to K- Kareem Hunt and then certainly one of Donovan Peoples-Jones I think it was our 13th offensive play uh, where he had an opportunity to just rip one mm-hmm. the DPJ off of our first play action boot yep. um, and he did not but you know we could have also tried some field goals, and I think for him, you know, it's funny. I I think about you know sometimes basketball players that are like lighting it up in you know warm ups, and then mm-hmm. in the game they don't hit anything, and yeah. it's because it's a different pace. And sometimes a bad warm up leads to a great game. And hey, he did it when it mattered. And and I said, you know, Jimmy kept saying it felt like Hollywood and Charlotte. He said that before the game, all the hype, Baker, their quarterback, the whole oh. deal, and then the way that it played out, honest to God, was Hollywood esque. I mean, we're up twenty to seven.
3: It was a horror movie for a lot of Browns fans in the fourth quarter because you've lived it so many damn times, and for you were sure. thinking, "My God, now he's going to do. Now he gets to do this to us. My, really?" But and then, and then,
2: I mean, when they when was, they scored, you just went, "I went, <laughs> I." You know, it's weird, and I don't know if Gibbe felt this way in there. Well, I know what Gibbe was feeling. I don't know. I just kind of. I've always believed he was going to get to kick a field goal and for whatever, I just felt like he was going to make it. I didn't care where it was. I didn't care if it was a 70-yard. I just felt like he was gonna to get to kick one yeah. and he was going to make it. I don't know and and it did, and of course it would have it did have the feel of so many Browns so games many. of years past where we were the better team, we should have won mm-hmm. the game, and yet we let them hang around, we made a few mistakes, and all of a sudden we just lose, slipped on the banana people pail, and it's over. Yep. And it did have that feel, but this was traditional What with the Game of Thrones twist. It did <laughs> it did have that. Too bad you don't have a light. It, it, it's, oh, Speaking of, the Carolina Panthers have, like, one of the best views I've ever seen in my life. Studios? Like, oh, like for their team? Like, see, it would look like we were at the Sirius XM headquarters. I oh, mean, really? It was unreal. Yeah. Anyway. But you got to
5: go to the stadium for it.
2: Yes, and you're no windows. No human You are not at the
5: facility. You're at the stadium. Yeah. And they said, we redid, they, they redid their building, and they're like, and it
2: was in the blueprint, and it got taken out.
5: Oh, right. I'm like, well, that kind of sucks.
2: On, off, cough, talk back buttons every mic. That's important. Those things are important. Yeah, minor important. details. All right, but yeah. what were you feeling? What was your vibe?
5: Oh, I mean, Carolina made the kick and I was I I've I've seen it. 10 sure. years of doing this. You you just are like I had this sick feeling in my stomach. The first thing I thought was how in the hell are we going to do this show tomorrow? Oh meaning my God. our show now. It would have been the two of you. It, 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 I, well, <laughs> maybe I just want to I'll try. I'll see you on see down you. the road. <laughs> <laughs> You're to come back on Wednesday when we're on to the Jets? On to the Jets. Hey, what did I miss? <laughs> That's Nothing it. to see here. No. I, so, I mean, you know, I mean, when things like that happen in the past, you know, y- you start to kind of you, back behind the scenes, you start to kind of tear down. Uh, certain certain things that you don't need, frankly, because we have a time crunch. You know, we have forty minutes to tear down three hours of setup, get downstairs, get our gear on the truck, Mm -hmm. or, or we get left behind and we gotta find our own way home. Yeah. So, you know, you start thinking about okay, post game, what am I? What are we doing here? Like, is locker room covered? Are we? You know, is everybody where they need to be for post game? Where? Who, do I need to send someone over to the Panthers? Like, where are we? Where are we at? And then I told I told Nathan, you know, and I'm you're watching the game, but you're also like, all right, I got to be a step ahead here because things are going to start to happen fast when that clock hits zero. So, I have this horrible feeling; it's not good at all. And, and the thing that brought me back in all the way was the roughing the passer play. Because once that happened, I'm like, we're at the 40. If we can't get 20 yards with the team that we have, then maybe we don't deserve to win this today.
3: But I think all of those were legitimate questions. And let's, let's acknowledge the elephant in the room here. Had Baker done that, which was part of the reason that he isn't here, is because there weren't a lot of those where he go and he was bad in the first half, dreadful. Um, oh, the boo birds were. Well, it was oh. real. It was justified. It was all of the reasons that you moved off. You saw it all. It was all there. The that good was like, and the bad, by the way. I was going to say that was a microcosm that was the of everything. Whole the whole experience, experience. was yeah. right there for yeah. you. Good and the bad. But you know damn good and well had that had happened, not only would he probably literally be dancing on your graves, literally, but the NFL world would have been dancing on no your graves doubts. in celebration. So there were so many layers to this. It wasn't just another opener. It wasn't no. just another in close and, and we blew it. It was the human aspect of a guy we picked number one who we had for four years and said, "This ain't it to beat Kansas City and the Chiefs and uh, or in the Chargers and the B- Bengals and whoever else. Like that ain't it. Although he's very good against the Bengals, um, but the the reality is that's not it. And then, but then he gets to beat you. No, can't happen. So that added only to it
2: exponentially. There's no doubt. And what has happened because of the fact that it came down to such a dramatic finish. And it involved Cade York making a fifty eight yard field goal for the Browns to win. The game's almost an afterthought. In fact, what actually transpired on the field, oh. it feels like a total afterthought. Whereas had the converse been true, the game would have been micro analyzed. And look, there's a lot of good. We'll talk about the there's- good Our ability to run the football. James Hudson was terrific at right tackle. Yeah, he was. Our defense was terrific. Taven Bryan, Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togi, on the interior of our line, which was a question mark, was terrific. MJ Emerson in his first start may have been our best corner yesterday. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are a lot of positives that we'll talk about in great detail. Kareem, Chubb, uh, the whole deal. But that would have been the talk would have been focused on all the negative. Breakdowns in coverage, which should not happen for a team with guys that have been in this defense for two years and – You know, big, big breakdowns, massive breakdowns that basically fueled their entire offense, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it would have been about did Jacoby play well enough? Do what do we need a quarterback? What do blah, blah, blah. All All of of it. All of it. And now it's all like I said, we get to exhale here. The fact is you beat a team in the National Football League that, quite frankly, you should have beaten. Now they were favored over you for the majority of the yeah. week, and it ended right around a pick'em. Some places I saw the Browns favored. Some places I still saw Carolina favored. You should have beaten them, but you went on the road. New quarterback. It wasn't perfect. There is room for growth. And as I was talking with one of the guys on the staff here today, you know, said you know that should, could have been like the Kansas City game. Mm-hmm. So guess what? Their win count's the same as ours. Same. You can't. You, you don't get two wins for blowing no. somebody out. And by the way, Arizona's in a little bit of trouble. You don't um, say you don't Did you see, hold on. Do you see his see Maybe. Did you see Cliff's quote? No, uh, we need to have better practice habits. Anyway, we'll save that for later. But and, I mean, when you think about what was in the contract and is now out of the contract yeah. and then you that's your first <clears> week's uh, assessment nonetheless, but huge win. And it's great to be able to improve on things and say, you know what? We should have won this by X number of points. We didn't, but you still won.
3: Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And it prevented all those other things in a very, very different show today. With yesterday's with Tito's here. I'm here. That's a big part of it. Tito's Handmade Vodka is proud to support the Cleveland Browns through the Tito's Victory Vodka program with a one thousand dollar donation to Cleveland Animal Protective League, helping to foster compassion and end animal suffering. Thank you, Tito's, and remember to please enjoy Tito's Handmade Vodka. Responsibly, it is a victory Monday. A lot to get to. We spent a lot of time in the kick, justifiably so. There were some X's and O's stuff we want to get into. Both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively. You'll hear from Miles. Uh, you'll hear from K. D. York on his amazing kick. Kevin Savansky addressed the media today. We'll have that as well. The Joe Thomas Hour begins at two o'clock. We are loaded up on a victory Monday. Feels good to say it. Cleveland Browns Daily, eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. <laughs>
1: Mayfield's got the snap, back to pass, looks, throws, McCaffrey over the middle, caught it, and then they lateral it back. From behind, they make the tackle. Miles Garrett ends the ball game on D.J. Moore. Everybody listen to this. The Browns have won on opening day. Let me say it again. The Browns have won on opening day. 26-24, the final from Charlotte, North Carolina.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
3: That's uh, that's what pure joy sounds like. Browns players watch game film to prepare. Finding your dream home no different. Cross Country Mortgage is a partner that's prepped to put you in a position to win. Reach out to them today at CCM.com. Equal housing opportunity, NMLS 3029 on that. It is a Victory Monday presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Like we were saying, there are... There are a lot of things that need to be sorted out and fixed. It's much more fun to do so in a win. So let's do that now. What we did well, what we, need that, what we did that has to get better. Let's, let's, we're, you and I are both glasses half full, op, optimists by nature. Uh, what did you like that we did well, and what do you think travels week to week here in the early start of this season?
2: Well, I'll just start with You're the good. fact that we can absolutely run the football and we can run the football on anybody. And that's exactly what the Browns did in this one. The Browns for the game, you know, you had Nick Chubb, you had Kareem Hunt, you had a couple reverses to Anthony Schwartz. You ran the ball 39 times for 217 yards, 5.6 yards per carry. I thought that you were able to impose your will. You ran for 11 first downs. You had six runs, six Of more than 10 yards in this game. Uh, You were great after contact. That's the staple of our two unbelievable backs. You had 163 of your 217 after contact. 4.18 to carry. That travels. You absolutely can run the football. And that's what this team did. And they did it very, very well. And so that's number one. Number two, you kept your quarterback clean. You did a good job keeping Jacoby Brissett. In a good situation. Now, this is going to be a flip side, okay? Here's, I'm going to give you two two for one. We've got to be better from a clean pocket. That's where you've got to make your money in the Mm -hmm. NFL. You've got to be 70% completions. You've got to be at least seven, eight yards an attempt. That's where you've got to shine. And yesterday, Brissett was kept clean 70% of the time but only 52% completions, four yards an attempt. That's where we must be better. When everything is blocked up for you and it's all working, we've got to be a better football team. But I think offensively, that's what travels. The strength of our line, the strength of our running backs, and our ability to protect our quarterback and give him opportunities to make big plays.
3: If you listen to the show, it went the way that we said it would go. That it would have to go for us offensively. We just didn't make the plays in the pass game that were there. Uh, The layups had to be layups. Some of them weren't. And that's the reason that this is twenty six twenty four instead of forty two twenty four. And so that's something that you you can't live with that that tight of a needle to thread. You can't live that way week to week in the NFL. You've got to make you got to hit on some of those layups. Jacoby missed some. I don't think he will going forward, but he did this week, and that's something that's got to get cleaned up.
2: You're right, and and you're not going to be. Here are two stats from a clean pocket: thirteen to twenty five, one hundred one yards and a touchdown, fifty two percent completions. Uh, as I said, four yards an attempt. He will be better on that. I guarantee it. Here's the other thing. Play action. Nine play action dropbacks. We were one for five for one yard. And the only one that was completed was the touchdown to Kareem Hunt at the goal line. We will be better off of play action. That's what the Cleveland Browns do. They are better. We are one of the best play action throwing teams in the league. So that will improve. That's where it it will get better. I I feel pretty confident in that. 38 touches. You had a high 35 and a half. half, I know. They went right over it. I Good think, for Gibby.
3: I'll tell you something. Spotting Gibbe, the lead again. He had a nice start to his over-unders. Oh, a dancing Gibby, chesty Gibby. It's all in play right Chest now. Is so chesty. Lots of chestiness. Um, I'll tell you this. You and I talked about it on the show last year from time to time, but I think a lot of people forgot. When Kareem went down last year, he is such an emotional piston for this team. Mm. And the way that he plays and runs with just a – reckless abandon is something that is contagious and you see what a healthy Kareem hunt can do. The idea that you have the, I think the best running back in the league and then you have Kareem hunt is a top 10 running back in the league. When you have them both healthy, this is what it can look like. It's devastating for an opposition. Absolutely devastating.
2: Yeah. And the two of them in this game would combine God for 187 yards. And a touchdown on the ground on 33 carries. Kareem would have four catches, 24 and a touchdown. Chubb, one catch for two yards. So you add another 26 yards total on top of that. Uh, And so you're over 200 total yards and two touchdowns from that backfield. And, yes, Kareem gives you a lot emotionally. A couple key third downs. And here's something I want to stress as well. It probably felt to people watching the game like the Browns ran a ton of third downs a ton, Mm -hmm. and you would be right, 18 third downs. Now, we did a pretty good job, 8 of 18, and I thought Jacoby Brissett, some of his best throws, and Donovan Peoples' Jones name was called quite often, came on third down. We weren't, we, last year, and the goal of this offense is to get a first down on first or second down 50% of the time. Yesterday was about 20% of the time. We will be better in those situations going forward. So, this was in terms of an offensive performance, this was not a, it was probably a running overall. We'll call it a C performance offensively, and yet you still got 26 points. I'm not saying we're going to be super high flying and, and all of that, but boy, you can see where this offense can be with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. 10 games to go and it's Jacoby Brissett's team, but, and Jacoby will be better. But there are opportunities to make plays out there in this scheme, and that is quite quite clear.
3: So you've got you had 207 yards out of the two backs, thereabouts. Yep. Now all of a sudden, you know, we got to get there. But when you get there, now you put a, a top five or six quarterback in the league, operating it. Now, good luck. That's the reason that all of this was done, guys. Yep. You watched the league this weekend. Did you watch Kansas City? Did you watch the Chargers? You watch the Bills. That's why this was all done because you're trying to win a Super Bowl, and and that's the deal here. And Jacoby will get better. Um, the other thing we do really well is
2: we'll, we have miles. So that helps. We did. Okay. This defense has talked about, you know, wanting to come out and be the number one defense in the NFL, right? That's, that's really what this team had talked about. The Browns showed that for 47 of 50 plays for 47 plays and in those 47 plays you have four sacks you have an interception you limit the Carolina Panthers offense to 108 yards on 47 plays 2.2 yards per play which is defense that you don't ever see in the mm-hmm. NFL and now you'd say well teams hit chunk plays not one of the chunk plays they hit were because they did just It wasn't just the course of normal football. Yeah. You had two blown coverages, unacceptable. And I know that the Browns feel like it is. They are unacceptable situations as well. And, and we, can, we can break down those plays in a little bit, but unacceptable. And then the other chunk play they got was 28 yards off of a drop snap when everybody went for the ball, and then Christian McCaffrey picked it up and was able to get run for it for 28 yards. So abnormal stuff that's got to be cleaned up. Make no mistake about it. Got to be cleaned up. More fun to talk about cleaning up after a win. But other than that, you got to the quarterback. You played suffocating coverage. Oh, we're not gonna be able to stop the run. Christian McCaffrey went nowhere, folks. Nowhere in this game. He finished the game running ten carries for thirty-three yards. I'll say it again, ten carries for thirty three yards. Which is interesting to me, like how do they categorize that other play? Like, does he not isn't that doesn't it have to be a run? Was that a did that count?
3: Yeah, it would have to be. No, that's a good question. Yeah, the 28-yard. I mean, it's not a pass. It's it's an offensive play. Certainly not play. a pass.
2: Strange, because they calling long that run was fumble? nine yards. A fumble recovery. Fumble recovered and advanced. Oh, an I'm advanced guessing. 28 yards, but he doesn't get his own. He doesn't get rushing that. yards for that. Yeah. Man, they had trouble with the snap. It, they put the ball on the ground five times, and we didn't recover any of them. Yeah, But, I mean, you killed Christian McCaffrey, who's very talented, to 10 for 33. His long run was nine yards and unfortunately came at a very critical time. Mm-hmm. It was on a third down where had we stopped them right there, and that's a couple of missed tackles. Now, Austin Corbett got away with a hold there. Taven Bryan blew that play up. Um, but we overall, this showed you what this defense can be when you talk about dominant. You talk about – we talked DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, how good they are. DJ Moore, three catches, 43 yards. He had 50 total yards. McCaffrey had 57 total yards. The two of them, 107 total That's nothing. Now, you gave up the chunk to Robbie Anderson, 75 and 50 to Ian Thomas. You take those away, you played great deep. But you can't take them away. They no. happened. But they need to be cleaned up. And they will be cleaned up.
3: Yes, they will. This is a Victory Monday. It's presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Coming up next, you'll hear from some of our guys, including Miles and Jacoby, And Mr. York. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And the
3: Bath Authority gives you that bathroom of your dreams that can transform it in about a day. Custom bath. To a spa like experience. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler with expert factory trained installers. Call now. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216 220 8399. Or go to thebathauthority.com for more. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects are all made in the United States. You know the quality is there. Superior products, expert installers at thebathauthority.com. 216 220 8399 and 5 Seven hundred bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. Tell them that Bo sent you on that. Time to hear from some of our guys on a victory Monday, including, well, quite frankly, the best player on the field. That yep. was Miles Garrett. Let's have a listen. How much of a relief is it? Build up, lose
4: on the lead, win again.
6: You no, know, it's, it's always nice to win. You know, you don't like to leave it that close, especially on defense. You know, you have a lead and you know letting get some momentum, make some plays. Going back to the drawing board and see where we can, you know, fix those mistakes is is really where our heads are now. And uh, you know, once that that weight was off our shoulders with you know, us getting a lead, you know with that kick, we knew we had to cap it off. And you know, it was time to finally step up to the plate and, and uh, end it.
3: Miles was also asked about speaking with Baker post game. Here's what Miles had to say about that.
6: Uh, two competitors. I mean, player to player, man to man. I, I go to you know most of the guys I was competing against on the field. I'm able, I'm able to see the linemen. I'll go see them. You know, the wide receivers, uh, halfback, tight end, uh, all the guys who I was able to compete with. It's a it's a privilege to be able to you know step on this field and play against these guys. We're some of the you know the world's best athletes, and uh, you know America's best. So just happy to be out here, and uh, i tell the guys to be grateful for it.
3: All right. Let's hear from Jacoby Brissett on the final drive. What's
5: going your ride on that last drive?
3: Um, I mean, we we've
4: practiced that situation so many times, uh, and, and just give us a chance, you know. Uh, and I mean, coach on the sideline told me we needed to get to the 40 um, to try for a 58-yarder. And um, I mean, after after we got the penalty, I was like, yeah, we. I mean, one more big chunk that which we were going for um, give us gives us a chance and. Um, Know Donovan did a great job, um, and and I mean obviously other plays and dents leading up to it, and I mean we trusted Kate, um, we've seen him do it in practice a bunch, and and uh, came through for
3: us. Did he leave some plays on the field? Yeah. Did he make some clutch big time throws? Yes. When you saw the start of this this press conference, did you see him get emotional when they asked? Yeah. You, you don't have to worry awesome. about his
2: give a damn level, man. No. Like it's all there, as big as it can be. He is going to, you would, you know, obviously you hope for improvement. You hope him, you hit some more things. But as I said, 81 yards of his 147 passing came on third downs. Mm-hmm. He gave you some big plays to extend drives. The pass to Anthony Schwartz was a monster play in that game. Uh, the pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones on the last drive. A couple third down passes to Donovan Peoples-Jones that allowed some of our touchdown drives to happen. The third and 13, I thought, unbelievable play called the screen. That, to me, was one of the most stupefying plays because it was at the end of the first half that allowed us to get an extra three points, which turned out to be needed, right, at the end of the game, where we get a first down on a third and 13th screen. Like, how were they not looking screen? Mm -hmm. And we executed it so well. Ethan Posick cut off. We caught him in man. They played a ton of man against us. Ethan Posick cut off the man that was covering Kareem Hunt, and the rest was history. But, uh, yeah, you don't have to worry about Jacoby's give a damn. You don't have to worry about the fact that he is going to put in the work. He's going to be diligent. You know, is he an elite quarterback? Oh, that's why he was able to be had here to yeah, come in available. after sure. Deshaun Watson. But is he a guy that, again, what did we say about him? You're not going to win many games because of Jacoby Brissett. And right now, that's where the bar is in the league. When you watch Josh Allen, when you watch Patrick Mahomes, when you watch you know, Justin Herbert. We're, we have that. Mm-hmm. Not right now. But he's not going to lose you the game. No. And he didn't make any critical mistakes, Mm-mm. and he did make a couple of critical throws that got us in position for Cade York's heroics. Speaking of that,
3: here is the hero of the day, Mr. York, on the final opportunity. After Carolina takes that lead, I mean,
7: how badly do you want that opportunity? I was ready for it. As soon as I they stalled him on that last one, I knew we had a minute left, and it was either going to be we're going to throw or spike the ball and kick a field goal, or it's going to be a Mayday situation. Kind of just, I think they knew that wherever we get to, let's, let's go for it, unless it's something absurd like a 75-yarder. Um, but I think once we got to a certain situation, you just got to let it loose. Um, and I was excited about it. I kind of get into the same, in those situations I just get real locked in and it almost tunnel vision. So I don't really remember everything about it, but felt good. Fool
3: as a cucumber, cover, that dude, man.
2: Did you hear his answer when he was asked what was the difference between that and the 57-yarder that he hit to beat Florida in the fog?
5: Mm-mm.
2: He goes, it was a yard further.
5: <laughs>
0: God bless him.
2: Uh,
3: he doesn't buy a meal in this town. I said that. I said it's that done. on the broadcast. As Did you? Is. I oh, that, yeah. too. I no, that. not no. a bill. Do not bring a no. bill
2: to that man. The legend of Cadyorka began... September the 11th, 2022 yep. in Charlotte, North Carolina.
3: It did. Browns Daily fans, the show's hitting the road this week in the honor of our opening week win over the Panthers. Join Z and I tomorrow as we broadcast live from B-Dubs on Lorraine Road in North Olmstead. Stop out, meet Browns legend Hanford Dixon. Catch Browns Daily live in person. That's tomorrow, 1 to 3, CBD live from Buffalo Wild Wings oh. in North Olmstead. We have that to look forward to, which you is really, very, very maybe nice. Maybe there's
2: a secret teeny part of you, like 0.1% that was like, well, if we lose, I'm off Monday and Tuesday. Both days. That. Yeah, I got yeah.
3: I do love B-dubs, though. So that's, uh, a win. Yeah. that's a win for what a ter- What a delightful win. All right. We'll hear from uh, Coach Stefanski coming up next, and then the Joe Thomas Hour coming up shortly. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland
5: And
3: Browns fans of Kevin Stefanski show remotes are back compliments of our friends at Bud Light Join Z and Gerard Cherry Thursday night, seven to eight West park station, Lorraine road and Cleveland's camps corner area. Meet Browns linebacker, Anthony Walker jr. Check out Thursday night football as the guys get you ready for the home opener on Sunday for that one. And now here's your coach, Kevin Stefanski at
7: the podium from earlier today. Like we talked about yesterday, good team win. I thought it would be a 60 minute game and it was, um, and the guys fought to the very end. Uh, plenty to clean up, and and that's what you have to do. You can't just say, "Hey, we got to win. Let's uh, let's move on." There's there's stuff that we're cleaning up right now as we speak in those meeting rooms, uh, and then we got to turn the page. So as exciting as it was, uh, we got to turn the page when the players walk out the door here in about an hour. or So uh, we are on to the Jets. So that'll be our mentality. But some unbelievable individual efforts yesterday that we we're really really excited about. But Uh, really looking to the things that we can improve and and clean up and just get better because we we have to continue to get better uh, throughout this season. And uh, with that, I'll take any questions.
1: Thanks, Kevin. I hope you got me okay. My internet's a little wonky here. So um, you mentioned needing to clean some things up, but in terms of kind of leaning on your ground game, getting some plays out of your defense, hoping your special teams improve, did it kind of follow the plan that you had hoped?
7: In some ways, Tom, I just I know that game in particular, uh, we really could have pulled away earlier, Uh, you know, going one for four in the red zone. You know, we double dip at the end of the half. We get a field goal, get the ball in the second half, get a field goal. So you score on consecutive possessions, but only six points. So there's just there are opportunities to to be better early so that you don't have to kick a 58 yarder uh, at the end.
1: Along those lines, Jacoby had a couple misses early on. And then afterwards, Kevin, he was, he was emotional about this opportunity for him. Do you expect him to kind of settle in a little bit, not only just getting kind of the, the first game jitters out, but just you know embracing this opportunity that he's got?
7: Yeah, I think like all our players, Tom, I really do believe that he can continue to get better. I think he will continue to get better. Uh, having said that, I know there were some misses, but the throw to Donovan, uh, the second to last completion there, I know we completed Tamari to get to the 40, but that throw to Donovan with a uh, player bearing down on him who's unblocked, standing in the, in the pocket and making that throw, that's that's big-time football right there. So uh, he can be better, um, but really, really proud of how he uh, finished that game. Speaking of Donovan, uh, Kevin, it really looked like he just made every contested catch he possibly could with such a factor out there when maybe some other guys were struggling a little bit. So can you just comment on his game? Yeah, Mary Kay. Uh, really from the beginning to the end uh, early in the game and then late in the game. And and throughout, he just, he made the plays that came to him. Uh, You mentioned the contested catches, uh, some of them on third down, some in the two minute there. uh, And that's a, that's a variable, very valuable asset to have as a receiver where even when you're covered, uh, you're not. So for him to go up and get the ball was impressive in a bunch of those moments.
3: Yeah, coach. I don't know if you can reveal how many snaps Kareeman. Kareem and Nick played together, but just curious is what you thought of that combination and how
0: it can grow.
7: Yeah, I don't have the exact number, uh, Marla, but yeah, it's something that we're always going to explore week in and week out. What we feel like uh, gives the defense uh, a tough time. And there there were uh, plenty of snaps versus that defense uh, of, of looks like that. So we'll continue to explore those type of things. You know, part of the offensive game plan is always to, do what we do, but also try to do things that may give them problems. Uh, so moving forward, uh, definitely could see something like that growing.
1: And as, in terms of Nick, you know, he's leaping over the
3: line. I mean, you just, is that the most kind of dominating, you know, I mean, not in terms of stats, but just the style of running from Nick that you've seen
7: in your tenure. He had two runs, Marla late in the game. uh. uh I'm not going to tell you the name of the play, but two two runs uh, late in the game consecutive that are as good as as there is uh, in the NFL, uh, making guys miss, jumping over people, playing physical. Uh, it was a, a sight to behold.
1: I know miscommunication happens defensively. You had two big ones yesterday that that led the points. Obviously, that 75 yarder, and then uh, the one right before McCaffrey's uh, touchdown run. Um, it's something we saw last year too, where there were mix-ups. And granted, last year you had so many moving parts in that secondary. Uh, just uh, after going back looking at the film, uh, what happened on those plays, and and how do you clean that
7: up? Yeah, that was really disappointing uh, because we played really, really good defense uh, yesterday, and to give up 75 yards and 50 yards, and even on the fumbled snap. Uh, and then they pick it up and get 28 yards. That's a lot of yards on three plays. Uh, and those were just, you know, moments for us just not doing our job. Uh, and, and, yes, there are miscommunications, uh, but those type of things should not happen. Um, and, and we'll get it fixed.
3: All right, good stuff from Coach Stefanski there on the other side of this quiz. Quick timeout, a little man known as the Huff. The Huff. As the pure joy on a victory Monday continues right here on Cleveland Browns Daily 850. ESPN Cleveland.
0: Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
3: All right, second hour here on a victory Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Joy, relief, all Pure of the joy. above. You heard it.
2: All yeah. of the above. My, I friend. don't even I know what sound it was that I made. <laughs> and I am still very upset. I, I will not make sounds going forward. So if you liked it, enjoy oh. it, treasure the one. That's all you're going to get.
3: Look, dude, that's a guttural reaction. I know, it's but still is. not That's pleased a with spot. it. it was, it's a learning, don't beat yourself up. I,
5: I give you, I give you a past week one. After that, you're lashing people,
2: and you don't want to go down that road. That's right. No, I don't.
3: You answer him on a lot of things.
5: Apparently,
2: I think he's actually. Yeah. He think I think he's my new boss. He might be. Yeah. Did you become
5: his boss? Uh, my paycheck has not changed. To so no is the well, answer because that requires a lot of
2: hands-on effort. <laughs> Being my boss? Yeah. What do you mean? What do you think about the dismantling that our next guest gave you on Friday in two minutes? Just an absolute, just he burned your house at cards. Pretty good, ground. pretty much
3: did, yeah. Good, That'd be good painful. News,
5: it, it didn't impact
3: me at all. Oh my god! That's the Hoff, You're the one person who the Hoff's opinion does not impact. Wow! The, the no, no, the Hoff's
5: in- input is appreciated on a lot of things. That one, eh. we'll ask him. Here is the Hoff.
3: The Hoff joins us now. Yes. Oh boy, I got to tell you, it's a victory Monday, Joe. I want you to take us take through your as your as you're taking this all in yeah, yesterday. What? and Carolina goes up
8: with a minute and change. What's running through your head? Disbelief. That's the first thing that's running through my head because I'm watching this game through a football coach's lens, and I'm seeing that the Browns completely dismantled the Panthers in almost every category outside of, well, what turned out to be nearly the deciding factor, which was those two big blown coverages, the time where the Panthers pick up a drop snap and run for like forty yards, um, and then the way the Browns finished a couple drives and missed a couple throws, like this could have been a, a thirty-point victory very easily mm-hmm. if you just make routine plays. And I'm sitting there watching the Browns nearly lose, and I'm going, "How is this even possible? Like this is our golden opportunity to finally get to one and zero for the first time in week one in what eighteen years, and we're going to squander it." But Cade York says no, 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 and brings pure joy back to all of Northeast Ohio. Which I was watching it from my uh, my condo in Cleveland and going absolutely bonkers. My kids were downstairs making trouble, uh, doing God knows what, and I screamed so loud they actually ran upstairs. They thought some something had happened, like somebody got injured, or there was like someone in need of some serious medical attention. Uh, it was absolutely bonkers in my house.
2: Hoff, when it went through the uprights and pure joy was the emotion and the elation, while one win is just one win, what does that actually mean, though, in the locker room to be 1-0 and after the first week? the difference in terms of the outside and maybe even the internal perception of what went down on the field. How much different is it after a last-second win than it would have been had that kick missed and you're kicking yourself over the things that need to be cleaned up that led to a loss rather than saying, okay, we won and we can still fix these things and get better?
8: Well, that's the weird and fickle nature of sports. And I think part of the reason why we get so obsessed with these football games is, you know, It's the kicker, right? Most people don't even consider kickers part of the team, but yet the fact that he's able to make that changes your perspective on the 140 plays that happened before that you win that he makes the kick. You're feeling confident about all the decisions that the organization has made in the last nine months as a team. You're thinking, yeah, we can rally behind Jacoby Brissett. Maybe not his best game as a professional, but he led us to the victory we see the formula that the team has laid out for us, play defense, run the football, don't make mistakes at quarterback. Like all of a sudden you're believing everything that's being sold to you from your coaching staff. As a fan, you're believing everything that the franchise is telling you that are reasons to be optimistic about this season. And it's so funny. It just came down to one kicker's leg, a guy that had played no games in his NFL career who had plenty of hype in training camp, but had never been in that situation in his entire life. And for him to drill it the way he did, which would have been good, by the way, from like 70 yards, uh, oh, maybe. beyond insane. Like, usually when a kicker's kicking beyond 50 yards, the ball comes out with a real low trajectory, right? Because he's trying to get it there, right? You've got to hit it really low and hard, like a line drive. But that kick by Kate had some altitude, too. I mean, it went way up in the air and curved back in and went right down the middle. You could tell right after he hit it, if you watched Cade's reaction, he knew that thing was golden and that he hit it absolutely perfect.
3: Yeah, Hoff, I mean, and you had the preseason games, obviously, and you were at camp a bunch like we were. It was funny. I was watching with the boys, and they they thought he missed because they thought it looked like it was wide right. But having seen him kick so many deep kicks, I knew he absolutely hit it on the screws because that's exactly what his ball flight is every time. As soon as he hit it, I I knew it was going to come back because we have been seeing that all camp. So there was just absurd joy in that. Joe, the other thing, that, and Nathan and I talked about this in the first segment of the show, Look, you, you you could have tried to downplay it. I think sometimes people in the organization did because it's the right thing to do or people tell you the right thing to do. But the reality is, is the quarterback on the other team was on your team for four years. You upgraded from him. He had unleashed shirts that were printed last week. He certainly, and you got to give him credit for this, he owned up how emotional he was going into it. If he is the guy who drives down and gets a game-winning kick and then wins, you're dealing with an entirely different thing. Like. He's dancing on logos. You know how that thing's going to go. So to prevent all of that, there was such relief in that too. I'm I'm sure you felt that as well.
8: Oh, clearly, because, you know, everybody in Cleveland that's a Browns fan is um, buying into what's being sold to the team right now. And, And, you know, there's plenty of people that still wish Baker was here. Like, I think that was the polarizing nature of the move. But for the people that feel good about the roster that they're right now, Obviously, this was a huge referendum in their own mind, right? And you guys have been hitting the nail on the head for the last couple weeks calling this game the referendum on the decisions and the moves that have been made. And certainly, if you have, like most Browns fans, convinced yourself that this was the right move and they can win it all this season, you know, just like I used to do as a player, like, hey, these are the reasons in my head why I'm going to give my best effort because this team deserves it because this is a Super Bowl roster. Now, whether that's true or not, it doesn't really matter. That's just the mentality of NFL fans, right? Because that's what makes you want to watch. Like, if you don't think you're team, your team has a chance to win the Super Bowl, it's hard to spend the emotional currency that you do every Sunday watching your team and cheering them on and had it gone the other way, to your point. Like, we know that as much as Baker tried to downplay it after the game, where, well, you know, this is – this is not the Super Bowl. We got 16 more games. It wasn't going to be that emotional. No, no, no. The, the yeah. script would have been completely flipped. Had he won, he would have been dancing all over the place. There would have been flags being planted. Remember what he did when uh, he went and played Hugh Jackson down in Cincinnati? Oh, there yes. been a lot of crotch grabbing and uh, other vulgar statements towards the brown sideline because as we heard to lead up to the game and, and even a little bit after the game, there was there was not a lot of love lost between Baker and uh, especially that defensive side of the football after he left. So um, you know that had he won, he was not going to hold back at all. But to his credit, he did a good job keeping his emotions in check throughout the game and not making it about himself. So potentially if you're a Carolina fan, you're feeling good about maybe the maturation of Baker and that how he he's found Um, a little bit more maturity inside of himself. That'll certainly help propel him to greater success in the future.
2: I mean, the funny thing, and you go back to, you mentioned, you know, we talked about being the referendum, like it was a, a wonderful referendum for the majority of the game and save three plays on defense. I mean, the referendum on defense, yes, this team is elite offensively. We put 26 points on the board fine that's all we need to do with a defense Mm -hmm. of this caliber we ran them we everything was there a few missed passes on offense a few misplays on defense and you know it is a totally different game and one where you're going nuts but the good news is one win whether it's by 1.2 points or 30 in the case of the Chiefs they all count the same so off. let me ask you this as a perfectionist like you are and we'll focus on the defense and I'll ask you a question about our offensive line 47 plays for the Panthers netted 108 yards. Three plays, two blown coverages, and one fumble weirdo play that McCaffrey picks up and runs for 28, net 153. So you have 2.2 yards of play on 47 of 50 plays. Those three are going to be ones that they focus on. How do you deal with two busts that basically were the entirety of the Panthers' offense? How do you deal with that? How do you clean it up? How do you process that? What's the mindset of coaches, players, to get that right when the Jets come to town?
8: Well, I think you have to treat all the plays somewhat similarly because you don't want to fall into the roller coaster trap of, well, this play had a bigger impact on the outcome of the game, so we're going to make a bigger deal about this. Obviously, it's important to illustrate, like, when you're in the secondary, any play could become a touchdown, and so being deeper than the deepest and not taking chances in situations where if the the risk doesn't pay off, it's a touchdown for the other team is really important. So understanding the gravity of the situation is the same as, as a left tackle, I had to understand that every time we drop back to pass, if I miss my guy, it could easily turn into a sack fumble and seven for the other team or worse. It could be that. And your quarterback could be injured. So we always said that even more than defensive backs, there's more weight on us from everything that we do, because one of our bad plays could be giving up seven and you could have injuries and uh, quarterback situation issues. But with that being said, like it's important for that defense to understand, like every play that you make, it's important to try to be perfect in. And so that's when you're in the film room and you're just grading everything very, very harshly. You're going through it with a fine tooth comb because when you're playing against a better talent on offense, you know, getting up, two blown coverage touchdowns or or near touchdowns and then a busted play on that long run. Like that could be the difference in the game and explosive plays. It's easy for us to sit here and say, well, you know, those couple explosive plays, if you throw those out, you know, we kill them. Right. Which it's true. But at the same time, they are part of the game. Of course. Finding explosive plays on offense for yourself. is huge. And then not giving them up to the other team is huge. And even though it's a very small number of plays, like they have a huge impact on the outcome. So I think being a little bit more careful about trying to pick and choose your risky moments would be a, a good coaching point for that defensive secondary. But you could just see in their eyes, they were trying to put Baker's career in a body bag by going pick six on him in those situations. And while you give them credit for trying to go for the jugular, you got to be a little smarter about the situation too.
3: Joe, I want to ask you about the offensive line um, and kind of the offensive plan in general. We, we had touched on a lot last week. Z was quick to point out that he thought we'd run a lot at those defensive ends. We did uh, with great success. I uh, thought Hudson was really, really good Yes. Um, in, in the way that he played. What what did you make of, of what we did up front? Ethan Posick, by the way, first started center. I thought he pointed himself very well, but I'm no expert. You are. What would you see?
8: Well, first of all, I want to highlight James Hudson. I thought he was probably one of the guys most improved in training camp. And it carried over the game. You always wonder what they're going to look like in a full game setting with a full game plan, a lot more to think about going against premier talent. And I thought he held himself up really, really well. I sent him a text right after the game um, that I was really proud of the way he played and the growth that he made. Because when you struggle a little bit as a rookie, especially if you have to go in there and you weren't really ready, and you know James is a guy who hasn't played the position very long, it, it can be easy to kind of lose that confidence. And it's not as bad as quarterback. If you was confident as a quarterback, it's hard to ever get back. But as a lineman, it can be tough to get that back um, if you don't play well and and you're out there for quite a few Sundays. So for James to be able to go out and play as well as he did, I, I was really proud of him. And I think that is part of the reason why we're seeing the Browns take their time putting Jack Conklin back out there. I mean, he's been practicing. And I think they would maybe rush him into service a little quicker had James Hudson not been so ready to perform as well as he did but overall i thought the offensive line played really well i mean ton of time for jacoby Brissett nearly the entire game obviously you're rushing for over 200 yards so you're doing a great job um you know as much as stefanski's background is zone blocking they're doing way more of the pin pull type stuff yeah so much because that's what they do really well you know and and i think jed being new newer to that and um, James being newer to the pin pull stuff they've obviously picked it up really well and you see those guys lead blocking a ton on that stuff so um, offensive line I mean hard to say anything but an A for a grade
2: Yeah, I think you go back and you put on the coach's tape of the Kareem Hunt touchdown I think the Chief Hudson and Wyatt Teller the three of them that was like Flawless. It was perfection, and he was able to go untouched, unfettered into the end zone. I thought it was very encouraging the way the offensive line played. And then we'll end with this one here before I know we got to get to a break. Miles Garrett. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, highest graded player of the week at, at Pro Football Focus. But you don't need grades to. You just need to have functioning eyesight to see that he is as dominant <laughs> as anybody in the league.
8: There's no doubt. Uh, it was funny. I did the uh, pregame with for giveback. And somebody, you know, we were talking about the we were talking about keys to the game and where I'm going to be watching. And I, I think I was talking about the linebackers and Christian McCaffrey. I thought that was really important. And it kind of turned out to be towards the second half for whatever reason. Ben McAdoo forgot he's got one of the most explosive playmakers in the backfield, and Christian McCaffrey didn't really use him at all in the first half. Started using the second half. Started to open up things for his offense. But um, somebody said something. On that pregame show about Miles Garrett versus the rookie, and I just started laughing because I really had <laughs> nothing to say. Because like after what we talked about on Friday, when we had Chase in there and um, you guys w- were talking with me about like the things that Ikiokuanu at left tackle, who is a rookie, doesn't do well, are the things that Miles does the best. So this is really a beyond worse matchup than you could possibly imagine, and it turned out to be completely true. Like. Icky, I think he's going to be a good player, but he's got a lot to learn. Like, He takes pass sets, and he opens his shoulders really quickly. He leans heavily on his left arm, which is bad, because if you get that knocked down, now you're leaning forward, and you're not deep like you should be, because you've already opened your shoulders, and you haven't given yourself a chance to really kick back off the line of scrimmage. And what does Miles do best? He gets off the ball, he bends really low, and he runs around the corner. And he bends. like This is the worst possible matchup in the history of football and what happened. Like, <laughs> honestly, I cannot think of one time where I saw one-on-one where Miles didn't run by him completely, almost nearly scot-free. Like, there were several times where Icky didn't even get a hand on Miles. It was like yep. he closed his eyes to punch Miles, and Miles dipped, ducked, dodged, and all of a sudden, Icky <laughs> opened his eyes, three and he was and he was sacking his quarterback. It was one, I don't know if you guys saw the one time uh miles got into the backfield so fast and so clean he actually went in front of where baker was which i don't know if i've ever seen before usually you're missing the sack and the quarterback stepping up like he turned the corner so fast he was actually in front of where baker was and i think he was surprised or he would have had the sack
3: i do remember that play it was it was that uh, that dominant. All right, just uh, just getting started here with the Hoff. Coming up next, we'll hand out some game balls for a Victory Monday. This is a Victory Monday presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka on Cleveland Browns Daily, ESP ESPN Cleveland.
0: daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
3: It is a victory Monday and it's presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Time for a victory Monday game balls to be handed out. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball and let's start with the Hoff. Who you got, Chop? Who you got, buddy?
8: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and Follow back up with James Hudson. I thought he played really good football. There was obviously question marks going into the game if Jack Conklin could play. And I thought he did an outstanding job and could be a huge part of this offense moving forward because we know injuries are part of the game on the offensive line. And to have an offensive tackle to be able to step in there and play as well as he did, I think is huge for this offense moving forward.
2: I'm going to give it to Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, I think that his back to back catches on that drive uh, when we needed a spark on offense it led directly to our first score. You know, he makes the big catch on the drive, the biggest gain on that last drive to set up the field goal. He was just money. And whenever you needed a ball, mm-hmm. you went to Donovan Peoples Jones, and it didn't matter if a guy was on his back, he caught the ball. And so I thought that he was just so important to what we did. And look, Chubb and Hunt are the obvious answers here, right? So we're going beyond them, I think. And if, uh, by the way, there's nothing wrong with saying Chubb and Hunt uh, are, are the guys who get it. But I'm, I'm trying to look a little bit beyond that. So I'm going to go with Donovan Peoples-Jones.
3: They're the correct answer yes. for Chubb and Hunt. 38 carries, over 200 yards of total offense. Um, it's interesting, though. and uh, Hoff, we talked about this earlier. And uh, we talked about it a lot last season. I'm pretty sure I talked about it with you. I, I don't know that people understood last year how much you missed Kareem Hunt not just as a counter to Nick, but also as an emotional piston for the team. When he scores a touchdown, he throws the ball hundred miles an hour, you know, at the standard or at the back of the end zone. Like there's a juice that comes with that. He is just an emotional center, I think for this team. And, and he, I mean the, the numbers. If you look at the numbers, you're like, okay, that's fine. Eleven catches, forty six yards um, through the air, in a touchdown through the air. What cream end up with? He was four for twenty four. So, so you look at it, you're like, well, it's not. You, if you just looked at you don't watch a game, you would go, okay, so what? What's a big
2: deal? But if you watch the game, oh man, it's critical. Big third down. What he brings. Big touchdown run. It's, yeah. it's still seventy total yards and two touchdowns on fifteen touches. Sure. And, and I mean, but I mean, if you yeah. didn't watch the game and you just saw that, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, but if you watch it and you see what
3: he brings. It's just obvious how how important he is. Um, all right, one player on defense, Hoff, who do you got for your game ball on defense?
8: Well, I went away from the obvious answer on offense. On defense, you got to give it to Miles Garrett, right? We knew this game meant a lot to him with the comments that he made going into the game about maybe the relationship had fractured a little bit with him and Baker. Um, he's sort of stated already this season that defensive player of the year is his goal, and he certainly did a great job on the way to that goal with a couple of sacks a bunch of hits uh he totally removed the heart and soul of the rookie left tackle who's gonna need some therapy after what miles did to him this past weekend um and he was outstanding and beyond and a huge part of baker not being able to get in rhythm in that first half um and in the whole game really in the second half he was a, a critical part being able to put pressure consistently on the quarterback and um, give those guys in the secondary an opportunity to be really extra tight in coverage.
2: I'm going to go with his running buddy, Jadevian Clowney, half of a sack in the game. He had, uh, A quarterback hit. He had two passes batted down at the line of scrimmage. I thought he was everywhere in the run game. His ability to just kind of fly around and make tackles. I thought that Jadevian Clowney was exactly who the Browns wanted him to be when they brought him back this year. We all thought that was a key to this defense. I thought he showed that in this game in spades.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you you, those are the obvious ones uh, very clearly on what to do. I thought Anthony Walker Jr. was really good in this game. I thought I didn't hear Denzel Ward's name said once did they throw at him
2: Not often. He did have that one pass break when Baker kind of floated one, and he was able to get a a pass defense done.
3: That's it. I mean, it was next to nothing for for Denzel Ward in this game, and that that usually means you're doing a pretty good job as a defensive back when that happens. Um, Can we just give a collective – can we give all of the balls to Cade York on the wild card?
8: Yeah, I mean, it's it's Cade York. Like he gets all the balls, right, Hoff? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, really, really. I mean, who else are you going to give it to plus? Like, the guy was so outrageously deserving – in his first game, winning it for the Browns and the city, like absolutely give him all the game balls, give him all the gold bars. I mean, like get a wheelbarrow, put a bunch of balls in
3: it
2: and give them to Cade York. That's what you do. He's the <laughs> king of, I mean, to make that kick with the weight of your team, with the weight of a franchise, the weight of a city. And as we went, we were the world city. the way the world basically, yeah, we all know how different this would be, that flight would be, how practice, everything would have been had he not made that. And he goes and makes the lo- – that's the it's longest – It's not a 38-yarder. No, it's a 58-yarder. Like, can yarder. we <laughs>
3: – like, sometimes I think, oh, yeah, if he had missed it. It's a 58-yarder. The idea that you're going to go, oh, yeah, go make a 58-yarder to win it. <laughs> what?
2: It is the that's longest – That's It is the longest kick a rookie has ever made in his first game of a season, in the first game of the team's yeah. first game in a season. 58 yards. It was crazy. unreal.
3: It it was absolutely Joe. I, I Nathan and I talked about this earlier, and we talked about it uh, yesterday when he landed. We we had a little phone conversation about it. How about the one he made before, when they stand in in like ready to kick formation for twenty seconds, and he nailed that one. That was, that was that blew my mind. Like you never stand over a putt, let alone standing over a
8: kick like that for that long. Yeah, that one made me nervous, and I was kind of wondering Same. If that was a mistake by the coaching staff because usually in those situations where you're trying to eat up the clock, that's what they're doing, right? You don't want to snap it with 15 seconds on the shot clock because then you're giving the other team plenty of time with the ball. So you you want to waste that time, but you have it timed up. So, you know, like, all right, usually there's 12 seconds between when the snapper starts getting ready. And when everybody's finally set and we snap the ball. So you kind of play it out like, all right, then that means when there's 15 seconds left, I'll start getting up on the ball. But it was almost like, They went with their normal operation. And then as they were getting lined up, somebody said, wait, wait, we got to eat up this clock. And so they're just sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, can you imagine what's going through their head? Have you ever just truly laid there or sat there in a chair and tried to think about nothing? Yes. It's impossible. impossible. So quickly to other things like that's the secret of meditation and why it's so difficult. People have a hard time thinking about nothing. It's like, just try it today. Everybody that's listening, the millions of people back home, try to take a minute and think about nothing. It is almost impossible. And so if you're a long snapper thinking about one of the most important plays of the day, and you're sitting there with your legs, your head between your legs, you're thinking about all the things you shouldn't be thinking of, which is don't screw this up. And if you're the kicker, you're thinking, what is this yeah. thing coming? Don't screw this up. And like, like you said, you're standing over putt. All you're thinking of is, don't miss this. And those are exactly the opposite things your brain should be thinking about. So, for them to act like it was completely normal and kick it after sitting there for like 20-some seconds, I think even the announcers on the TV said something about it, um, was impressive to me. And I guess they're unflappable. That's maybe the word of the day for special teams. Triumvirate there.
2: <laughs> like, are. I wonder he is for sure. The only thing I can think of and, and I'll I'm going to go ask around because I'm curious about this. And so we'll, we'll yeah, get the answer, get an to answer for but tomorrow. It was if I'm not mistaken, it was fourth and four. And maybe they decide like there's no way they're going to stand there that long. And maybe somebody on somebody flinches? Carolina flinches and you're trying to steal a first down. I, it's, I have, e- it's either that or they broke the huddle too early
3: and got yeah. lined up and went, oh, no, we have 20 some seconds here. We've got to
5: mm-hmm.
3: hold tight. Us. yeah
5: either hold way hold the line Z, Z, I, I
0: was
8: I, I was gonna say I, I like your thought you know fourth and four try to draw them offside um but if that's the case usually you'll give a couple dummy cadences and you'll see the holder like give Put his hand signal open and where he kind of like throws his hands out there like he wants the ball and they didn't know that they just stood there like statues for like 20 <laughs> seconds it was amazing it,
3: it really was uh an amazing week one in the nfl we'll go over some of it Coming up next, you listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
3: Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee or become part of the family, visit Rumpke.com to learn more. It is a Victory Monday presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. And in an NFL that provided what yesterday provided, let's not ever lose sight of how important it is to actually win on an NFL Sunday because, Hoff, there was so much going on yesterday. I could lead you in any number of ways, but what jumped out to you in a wild week one of the NFL?
8: Well, I I think the job that Mitchell Trubisky did in Pittsburgh um, for them was really impressive, going against the Bengals, who they're one of my favorite teams coming out of last year. I I think they're positioned nicely because people still aren't talking about them for some reason, even though they have one of the best no-name defenses that plays really, really good football together, like good old-school complimentary team defense with a a defense that – flexible to be able to match up against any scheme or type quarterback that they're playing against. Obviously everybody knows about Joe Burrow and those receivers, but for the Steelers to be able to go and win 23 to 20 with Mitchell Trubisky throwing 21 of 38 for 194 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions, he looked really, really competent, and gives me a different perspective on what this season could be for the Steelers. So, if you had to say hey, what was the one thing outside of our game that really popped for you, it was seeing that Steelers score and then seeing them actually being able to sneak out the victory in overtime.
3: I mean, everything that happened for Cincinnati in that game. Burrow had five turnovers five. by himself. They had three, and they barely won. Three yeah. field goals that went off they had an injury looks like could be a season-ending injury to their long Long snapper snapper, which contributed to all of it they couldn't get that operation down and they were so money on those last year in the postseason um how about you z
2: what jumped out to you big picture big picture was just that you know there were a lot of teams that we had talked about as being playoff and or super bowl contenders that i thought didn't look good. The Rams starting on Thursday Night Football did not look good. The Bengals didn't look good. The Indianapolis Colts rallied to tie the Texans, a team we thought were tanking. The Niners Bears game that's in the rain, but the Niners did not look good. And there's probably already questions: Why aren't we playing Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> why Why don't we just play the guy that we know can get it done? Did you read Football Morning in America this morning about I did apparently
3: not. Kyle and uh, and uh, John Lynch like had a team meeting and said, "Look, you're going to have to rally behind this guy behind." lands because guys. if you don't this thing's going to go off the rails all the while bringing back the one
2: person who could force it off the rails. Now here's the thing for them though, by keeping him, I mean and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're the Dallas Cowboys, aren't you calling and getting Jimmy Garoppolo right now? Tomorrow. Yeah, right? I mean that's the or only yesterday. way you that's the only way you save that season after and they were they were dreadful and then I it, it's now starting cuz I feel like this is a multi-year trend. Does Aaron Rodgers, you're in Wisconsin off, is he just not interested in week ones? Like, didn't they get smoked by New Orleans a couple years ago and then they go on to be the number one seed and they just got smoked by Minnesota in this game?
8: Yeah, sometimes they just need that good butt whipping up front. But I I don't know. To me, the Minnesota game exposed some significant flaws there in Green Bay. Well, they really haven't had anybody to catch the football besides Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers has always been able to make it work because with Adams, he could put the ball exactly with pinpoint accuracy wherever he needed to. And Devontae Adams was going to catch it, but he had nobody at receiver that stepped up for him. And and when you don't have that outrageous, otherworldly quarterback to receiver combination, um, it just makes everybody worse. And I think you start to see some of the flaws in your team when you sit in a situation like that and going against the Minnesota Vikings team, who we we know Kevin O'Connell, he was in Cleveland with us. He was a quarterback's coach
4: um, for at least a year or two
8: when when I was there. Um, And so you know that they're going to get that cutting edge offensive schematics, that approach that attacks your defense's weakness. It makes it difficult on the the, defensive secondary elements because they don't understand the, the immediate difference between run and pass and it's creating separation in the secondary with that play action. Uh, and Kirk Cousins is a guy who's been around the league a long time, so he knows how to take advantage of defense. He's he's run that scheme with Kev- Kevin O'Connell uh, previously when he had Shanahan and Kubiak and those guys. Um, so I think they, they kind of ran into a difficult situation there against the Vikings. But if, if I'm the Packers, I'm a little bit nervous because there's – no superheroes coming through that door to help play receiver. And if they don't figure things out, how to throw the ball. I know in being in Wisconsin, some of the commentary this week has been, uh, or today has been, Oh, Aaron Jones didn't get enough handoffs, which I understand, but that's because he didn't have anybody at receiver who could catch the football. Yep.
3: Yeah, it was. I mean, the Christian Watson drop was absolutely crazy. Guys, think about this, too. By the way, some big injury stuff. You mentioned the Dak stuff. He's out 6-8. to eight. Uh, Sounds like T.J. Watt isn't going to be a season ending, but he's going to be out a while uh, in Pittsburgh with the torn pec. Kyle Fuller done for the season in Baltimore, so that happened today. We got the news on that. Um, just to buttress the Packers point, Packers so-so, Cowboys disaster with or disaster. without Dak. I don't think the Bucks looked good at all, uh, despite they cuts. win. Arizona looks like garbage. Um, the Rams didn't look good. Who's? By the way, Philly almost gave it up to Detroit. Who's good in the NFC? Hoff. Who's good?
8: Can I say that? I, I, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, that's a great question because the teams that you thought who potentially were going to be really good, like okay, Rams, they lost thirty-one to ten. Buccaneers, Yeah, they beat the Cowboys, but I think this is the year the Cowboys just kind of, improved, especially now that they lost Dak. Um, all of a sudden you're starting to think like, can the Giants be okay? Like, can can the Eagles be decent? Like you're starting to go down the list of NFC teams and you're going, wow, has it ever been this bad where the AFC is just so much more talented and has so many m- more good teams
2: than the nfc it's wild and by the way when denver beats seattle tonight which they will do mm-hmm. the nfc west is going to go oh for week one yeah the afc south has gone O for week one with a tie but yeah. i mean it's wild but to your point the nfc and whipped 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 in the, AFC, the nfc west whooped in all of those games here's the thing that's that's interesting Now, you would have said, okay, they're playing a team that's tanking. There's no way that they should lose. But New Orleans coming back on the road, Jameis having to throw them back Mm -hmm. and being able to do so, they're going to get their defense together. I think New Orleans is going to be a pretty good team.
3: I think they'll be valedictorian to summer school. is what it feels yes, like to me. But that's what we're talking about in that <laughs> conference right now.
2: That's what we're. That's where we're at.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's it. I, you know, I, you still feel I don't. You don't want to. It's one week. Like I'm sure the Packles will get it sorted out. I'm sure the Bucks will get better. Um, the Rams, I think their problems could be a little more finite. I think they're big problems with Arizona. Huge. Like if anybody thought they were going to make any step, I don't see that happen. Minnesota could be very interesting if yes, they can the keep fight. it going. I like oh, the fight out oh, of the Lions, oh. but the NFC. I, the NFC East, I don't see it, and then the South. If it's Bucks Saints, that Carolina team wasn't much. So I, yeah, it's just it's I I've never, I don't think we've ever seen the difference. And even some of the other teams of the AFC, Hoff. I mean Miami, I mean New England is is hot garbage, garbage, trash. It's it's stunning to watch. Belichick has presided over this. He's won more than anybody, the greatest coach bad. of all time. Their roster is no good. Then it, it's not. It's that simple. Miami whipped them in the game on Sunday?
8: Guys, I've been saying this for a long time. Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time, and it's not even close. But the difference that he gives his team over, let's say, the second-best coach in the NFL, is so much smaller than people have realized through all these Mm -hmm. years. Because they have Tom Brady, a quarterback. When you have great quarterback play, it erases mistakes up and down the roster. And for years and years, Belichick has put the priority on I want guys that love football over I want guys that have talent, which is great. When you have Tom Brady at quarterback and you can get everybody else to buy in, you're giving them the best game plan to win every week. You've got the best process to get those guys to learn it. But in the end, if you don't have that quarterback play, you don't have the talent. If you're drafting like the try hard smart guys all the time to be able to compete with teams and, I, I'm worried. I, I know Mac Jones went out with a back injury. If I was a Patriots fan, I, I would be really nervous because whether Mac, or, uh, whether Mac Jones is playing or or not, like this team just doesn't have the talent to keep up week in and week out.
2: They don't, and they don't have anybody that scares you. Nowhere, nowhere on offense either, and really defensively either. It's nothing. No, you know, Judon's a very good player, but that's that's probably their best guy. It's just a different. It's a whole different scenario. And you see it around the league. And you know what's interesting to me, and somebody made this point. I can't remember who I saw write this, but it it resonated with me. We're like all receivers are like commodities now. There's more receivers coming in the league than ever. Mm -hmm. Colleges are preparing them. And then there are just teams that have nobody. There are a lot of teams that have nobody at wide receiver in the NFL. And so that has to be, in some level, a choice.
3: Yeah, I think it's. I agree with you. It, it and then you see like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and those type of guys. What they're doing on a weekly basis. it undersells and undercuts their their absurd talent because they're it's not as easy. I mean, Belichick's tried. He's drafted a ton of them. They just yep. none of them hit. Um, all right, Hoff. As as we, uh, we you you got a big week here, bud. You're, this home opener, big big Sunday for you as mm. well, my friend. When are you, when are you getting back in? What's this Sunday? Have you started to wrap your head around what it means and, and what this will be on Sunday? for? Yeah,
8: yeah, we started doing some different media content things last week, getting ready for the game. And, um, it's really exciting. I, I've been communicating most of the day with friends and family that are getting in town, you know, just trying to get their travel, their hotel, everything set up and making sure that all the right people are, are going to be there. And, um, my, my kids are so jacked like they were really <laughs> excited to watch the game with me on sunday and they made it about like the first three quarters two and a half quarters and then they started pounding on each other at the basement and it just turned to wrestlemania but they're really excited to come in person to see a game because uh, it's been a, a few years since we had the whole family there and it's going to be really special i'm getting in thursday morning going to do a little golfing with my father-in-law, who's who's coming into town, which will be really fun, and then the Browns have an alumni golf outing on Friday, so getting thirty-six, Jeez. 36 holes in there in two days, which I don't know if I've ever done in my life. So it's <laughs> gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and probably at least thirty-six beers per day. So it's uh, it's gonna be a big celebration. I can't wait.
3: And it's very well deserved, brother. Good talking to you, pal. Can't wait to see you this weekend.
8: Looking forward to seeing you guys. Thanks, uh-huh. Thanks for having me.
3: All right, that's the great Joe Thomas, the Joe Thomas Hour of Cleveland Browns Daily. You know, we we kind of stumbled into that NFC topic. There's, there isn't anybody who looked lights
2: out in the NFC. Nobody, nobody. Does. And how about the fact that we had Hoff? This is the Hoff's first victory Monday of his Browns career after Week One. That's <laughs> true. It is true. true.
3: Yeah, yeah. It is.
2: It's outrageous. Yeah, but true.
3: Yeah, the tone would have been very, very different the other way. Thank oh God we God. didn't have to. cut it. Yeah, I'd have
2: been like, "Hey, man." Off hey. might have said to hell with it too. If I if very I just well been being, and then Gibbe probably would have, and then this would have been a case where he's like, "Oh no, Stevie, go <laughs> do the show." Now you got to do it. Now you get
3: it. a chance. Yeah. Uh, all right, so much more to come, including a scores for tonight. We got uh, Monday Night Football tonight. you listen to We've Browns. already started off profitable. It's off a on a good tail. start. Cleveland Browns no daily, eight fifty, ESPN Cleveland.
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
3: And this Pure Joy Victory Monday is presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. A reminder, Browns Daily fans, the show is hitting the road this week in honor of our opening week win over the Panthers. We will be broadcasting live from Buffalo Wild Wings on Lorraine Road in North Olmsted. Stop out, meet Browns legend Hanford Dixon. Catch Browns Daily live in person. That's tomorrow, 1 to 3, CBD
2: live from Buffalo Wild Wings in North Olmsted. Ooh, I can't wait. I wonder if they'll have the Dragon's Breath wings back in honor of the House of Dragon. We could get those them to cook those up for us.
3: I, I'm going to need a little more. It's it's pretty tight. So tough. Gotta give got to a little four. more.
2: Give it. A, let it.
3: Let it. No, go. I like it. I'm still going to watch it. I'm just yeah. saying it feels like they're. This whole thing feels like a preamble.
2: And it, it might be. Like we, Maybe we're just.
3: But then they're skipping stuff that. Like, they skip three years, and then all of a
2: sudden, we're, but we're going to spend 40 minutes around the circus district. All right, let me tell you this. Yeah. I don't need the girl to be replaced by another actress That's, at all. You're not
3: going to like that. No, because I think she's great. Well, it's happening.
2: I know. I don't Too be late. Happy.
3: Probably soon. I would think by episode Feels five like or it. six, she's done. That's it. Which is sad, because I think she's tremendous. She like, is. I think she has a chance well, to be. Well, you finally got to see her cook a little bit yesterday. Yeah. Like, more than one emotion. Yeah, no, you Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, we have Monday night football tonight. Broncos. Gibbe, are you doing this? Where are you?
5: I am doing it. I was bringing up. I was updating. Nothing's changed. Was double checking the score. Oh, the score uh, is as it, yeah. as projected here. Cuz we put that in early this morning in the rundown and I <sighs> this just is... wanted to make sure there was no movement cuz it could have been.
3: So, d- what didn't we so we had Baker against us, yep. but it was there. Yep. Did we have another one of these head-to-head former team, or was that yeah, the only Flacco one? Flacco and the Jets, Flacco yeah, and the that, Ravens. A little bit removed, and that was covered. That was big time. <laughs> yeah. Um, this should be weird for Russ. I think it's in Seattle, but I think it's going to be stomping,
2: a stomping as well. Yeah, yeah it should be Broncos. Huge. Huge. Same ram it. Let's go. We've already now we're playing with house money for this week. Let's see what we can bring home for the folks.
3: Yeah, it's um. Did you see the comments from Pete Carroll about this? Like it's up to the twelves how they want to handle him. Like they were, they've really buried
2: each other. Oh, uh, they were. They accomplished a lot. I think the phrase "no love lost" is Whew, is wrong. I think there's been a lot of love lost. There was no
3: love for a while, but there was love me. at one point. At one point, And it's been lost. Yeah, because they went all in with him over Legion of Boom, and which was the right call, but then. I still want more details on the 2018 trade that everyone's Same. talking about. I'd love to know what the full details of that was, um, but it should be a fun one. I don't think the game will be great, but I'm curious to see the kick and the emotions behind all of that. Oh, I'm fully, fully in. I'm yeah. ready to go. You well, need be, a little. we gonna be a tribute video. I need a little Javante. Me too. I need come on, I need him to, I need Ben Albright to be wrong. Come on, Javante.
2: Javante, right. the goat. They're calling him. Are they?
3: I hope they do. The next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland.
8: You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN,
0: 850 WKNR.